0: From deep inside your audio device of choice. I'm self-circulating. How about that? Yes. Uh, Second shot absorbed well into the system. And um, a plenitude, a veritable plenitude of outdoor and, in one case, indoor live music here in New Orleans this week. Uh, The legendary Tipitina's. Club, the hallowed Tipitinas, shrine to uh, Professor Longhair and such, opened back up. Op- opened back up for business this week. I'm not plugging them. I'm just reporting, and um, other other uh, clubs likewise. In the ensuing hours and days, it's it's not it's not like spring break. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's something and um it it may not be as fear-inducing as spring break too there is that speaking of fear ladies and gentlemen we've heard a lot from the um the pundit sector of uh, the population in recent years about the increasing polarization of the american political mind that uh we are we're now in our corners and uh we are siloing our information input. And so the left watches MSNBC and the right watches Fox News and there's no consensus reality anymore. And uh, people just go into their corners and get more and more partisan and more and more angry and more and more partisan and more and more angry. I'm repeating myself. All of which may be true. You know, pundits can't always be wrong. I just want to suggest... There's another possible explanation for what we're seeing. I mean, what we're seeing is uh, a a change in the American political environment towards the, um, well, if not the extremes, the uh, fervid heart of each side of the uh, political argument. And um, when you see stuff like this, and you hear uh, pundits discuss well it's it's the people i uh, my response always is to look at well what's the system doing what's what's the political system doing that might contribute to this and there's there it turns out there's an answer uh, the most recent figure i've read not uh, of any kind but on this subject is that 90% of congressional districts in the United States are now what's called safe. Yes, it's all about safety. Buckle up. Safe in this context, meaning that the incumbent cannot credibly be challenged by an opponent from the opposite party. The reason, of course, is thanks to our old friend Elbridge Gerry, who uh, did some manding back in the day, and the manding is still going forward in his name, that increasingly over the last few decades, the gerrymandering of congressional districts has gotten more extreme and more partisan on both sides. So, as I say, uh, congressional districts of either party are now increasingly guaranteed to be kept by that party. What does this have to do with... with, uh, the What we started out, we you would you didn't say anything what I started out to talking about it just because the November election is now secure for the incumbent party, the big fight goes to the primary election, and usually that means the incumbent is challenged from the extreme end of his or her party and has to defend him or herself against them lest they lose to that extreme end of that of that party and that means it pushes people in both parties more towards the area where they're defending themselves against a primary challenge now there is a, one other thing that's going on the increasing cost of political campaigns has contributed to a phenomenon in which politicians are spending uh, members of congress particularly are spending more and more time away from washington You'd think, well, some would think that's a good thing. They're spending more and more time raising money. Back home or somewhere else. So maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday they're now in the Capitol. Monday, Mm. Friday, Mm. which means there's less time for them to congregate with each other and more time to uh, wallow in their silos. that can't help so yes when you when you hear that it's us just keep in mind it's also them hello welcome to the show
1: Eu quero uma canção assim Para ouvir quando você chegar Para fazer você gostar de mim Para fazer você se apaixonar Para regar as flores no jardim Para ouvir sempre que faz calor Para refrescar um dia azul Tanto fácil é uma canção de amor Tudo bem Não é bossa, mambo, ou samba, jazz. Mas saber pra tocar uma canção assim, para ouvir quando você chegar, pra fazer você gostar de mim, para fazer você se apaixonar, pra regar as flores no jardim, para ouvir sempre que faz calor, para refrescar um dia azul, tanto faz é uma canção de amor. Vai saber Pro silêncio completar o som Pra torcida quando grita cor Pra galera que só quer viver feliz Pra você que tem dançar no show Pra voltar ao tema no final Pra dizer tudo que eu tinha pra falar tocar uma canção assim, para ouvir quando você chegar. Para fazer você gostar de mim, para fazer você se apaixonar. Para pegar as flores no jardim, para ouvir sempre que faz calor. Para refrescar num dia azul, tanto fácil é uma canção de amor. Tudo bem, não é passar mambo, rock and roll ou samadier. Saber se completar o som Pra torcida quando grita gol Pra galera que só quer viver feliz Pra você que vem dançar no show, Pra voltar ao tema no final Pra dizer tudo que eu tinha pra falar Tocar uma canção assim Para ouvir quando você chegar Para fazer você gostar de mim Para fazer você se apaixonar Para regar as flores no jardim Para ouvir sempre que faz calor Para refrescar um dia azul Tanto faz ser uma canção de amor Tudo bem Não é passar mambo, rock e ou samba de é.
0: From New Orleans, Louisiana, where, yeah... They're playing in the streets. I'm Harry Shearer, Welcome you to this edition of the show. And, and I don't mean the Saints. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for News of the Olympic Movement. Produced by Jim Ebersole III. That was fast. Well, starting this week, the Olympic Torch Relay. Olympic organizers plan to exercise extreme caution with it. They spoke in detail about their plans for the relay. It'll start in Foucault, you know, to prove it's still there, kind of. It'll crisscross Japan for the next four months, 10,000 runners symbolic curtain raiser for the postponed olympics no room for error according to the associated press if the relay stumbles if there's an outbreak of covid for example it could pull the olympics down with it the objective of the olympic torch relay is to enhance the enthusiasm <laughs> says toshiro muto ceo of the organizing committee in charge of the relay we need to balance things out between bringing enthusiasm and preventing covid19 infections There was talk shortly after the postponement of eliminating the relay. It has its roots, you'd be interested to know, in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. That's right, it was a Nazi thing. The relay, however, must go on. The uh, talk of postponement, or of eliminating it, was uh, quashed because the relay, nowadays, is heavily sponsored by Coca-Cola and Toyota. Toyota. So, if you do catch COVID on the uh, while watching the relay, thanks Coke and Toyota. Overseas spectators, you now know, will not be permitted to attend this summer's games. Announcement made following a meeting of the International Olympic Committee, Tokyo Metropolitan Government, Tokyo 2020, and the government of Japan. The decision is due to continuing uncertainty about the pandemic, international travel restricted and variant coronavirus strains emerging so the enthusiasm will stay home Japan is unlikely to be open to foreign tourists by the summer anyway ticket holders will get refunds, good luck with that I know my Japanese partners and friends did not reach this decision lightly said Thomas Bach of the IOC IOC The uh, organizing committee said the opening ceremony will be held without any spectators. Oh, that's the torch relay. So, no spectators at the opening of the torch relay. The number of those attending from Tokyo under the current state of emergency will be reduced, according to the organizers. Flowers decorating the venue will be those produced in the area affected by the disaster, the FUP disaster. Hot flowers, everybody. A hundred children from the town south of Fuku plant are to cheer as the first runner takes off. Of course, they'll cheer quietly or I'll slap their little faces. And Hiroshi Sasaki, the game's creative director, resigned this week after making demeaning comments about a well-known female celebrity in Japan. The IOC and Japanese politics are male-dominated territories, said Deputy Director of the German Institute for Japanese Studies. Japanese politicians have a long history of furthering gender inequalities. But it's a movement. And we all need one. Every day! I probably... Go over here. I probably should give you a little more detail on that uh, denigrating remark by the uh, the creative the creative director of the Olympic Games in uh, Japan, Yoshirō Mori. He was forced to resign after making sexist comments. No, that's that's a couple of months ago that happened. But now Sasaki was in charge of the opening closing ceremonies. Last year, he suggested planning staff members. In online brainstorming exchanges, that well known entertainer Naomi Watanabe could perform in the ceremony as a quote, Olympic, unquote. She's not the, uh, she's a heavy set young woman, according to uh, ESPN. A fashion icon. Yes, those are both possible these days and very famous in Japan. The corresponding controversy took off. Almost immediately, the Tokyo governor called the comments extremely embarrassing. Sasaki released a statement early on Thursday, saying he was stepping down. For Ms. Na- Watanabe, my idea and comments are a big insult, and it is unforgettable, it's unforgivable. Sasaki said, "I offer my deepest regrets and apologies from the depth of my heart to her and those who may have been offended by this. May have, may, may apology. It is truly regrettable, and I apologize." From the bottom of my heart. So from the depth and the bottom. In case the bottom isn't the depth. Or vice versa. Olympic. That's modern. That's contemporary. And on a uh, a note of similar contemporaneity. News of our friend the Atom. Clean. Safe. in Japan, what is this, Japan world? Japan's environment ministry says about 75% of the waste from decontamination work at Fouk has been transported to permanent storage, no, sorry, to intermediate storage facilities. It'll be permanent. We're just not going to call it that because we don't have a permanent. The decontamination process is expected to produce about Fourteen million cubic meters of waste, such as soil, grass, and plants. This is um, this excludes the areas around the plant, which are off limits. Officials say, as the end, as of the end of February, about fourteen and a half, no, sorry, ten and a half million crew, uh, cubic meters have been transported from various areas in the prefecture to the intermediate storage facilities, which are near the plant. You see, because nobody else. Wanted to be near it. The process began March six years ago. Hey, happy anniversary, soil dispersal people. And the ministry plans to um, almost complete transporting the remainder by next March. Plans to almost complete. A man's reach should exceed his grasp. By law, the waste is to be taken out of the prefecture for final final disposal by 2045. Now, you'd think, but you'd be wrong. However, hardly any discussions have been held on where or how this disposal is to be done. That's according to uh, NHK, the national broadcaster in Japan. So we'll look forward to those discussions of a permanent site for the Fouke stuff. In this country, Georgia Power's parent Atlanta-based Southern company is acknowledging that the company is likely to miss... The current deadline. Oh, no, not a nuclear deadline missed. Missed the current deadline for completing the first of two new nuclear reactors at plant volatile. That's a move that could further increase consumer costs, of all things. Never heard of that on a nuclear project before. This is a project already years behind schedule and billions of dollars over budget, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Potentially more worrisome was the reason given for the delay. In a filing this week, the company cited the need for additional, quote, remediation work on the construction project, quote, necessary to ensure quality and design standards are met. It said that given the problems found, quote, primarily related to electrical commodity installations, unquote, it is launching a broader review of the quality programs on the massive project. Quality, why... Independent monitors and staff for state regulators have long warn, uh, warned that Georgia Power was falling farther behind on the project and was unlikely to make its le- latest deadline, increasing the likelihood of additional costs. Those worries surfaced well before the pandemic, raised still more challenges. But for years, Georgia Power and its parent company have repeatedly assured investors, Wall Street analysts, and government regulators that it expected to meet its November 2021 deadline to have the first of two new reactors in commercial operation. Only recently recently did the company say that timetable would be a challenge. That is to say, no way, Jose, that kind of challenge. In its filing this week, the company wrote that a delay is likely and could add one month or more. That November date of this year is years later than what the monopoly electric provider agreed to when it started the project, multi-billion dollars, with the approval of elected members of the Georgia Public Service Commission. Many other electric providers in Georgia are contractually tied to the expansion of the plant. The new reactors at Votel, located south of Augusta, you know where that is, have yet to generate electricity. But monthly bills for Georgia Power customers already include charges related to the project. Pay now, get later. Additional costs for the project's construction and additional company profits are expected to be rolled into customer bills later. If the project is further delayed, Georgia Power faces the prospect of a short-term cut in its government-allowed profits. But long-term, higher costs on the project could allow the company to collect increased profits for decades based on the way its rates are calculated, according to the Public Service Commission. Georgia Power didn't provide any additional information about why remediation work was needed, aside from the quality thing. I don't think any more was necessary than that, frankly. Me, that's me. I'm not... I'm no regulator. Back to uh, Japan, the Prime Minister, Suga Yashihide, has strongly criticized TEPCO, the Tokyo Electric Power Company, over security breaches at one of its nuclear power plants, (coughs) saying people inevitably doubt its qualifications to run such plants, that is to say, nuclear. Suga made the criticism this week, after sensors not the kind at of Facebook, for detecting intruders were found to be broken at a, a TEPCO plant in Nagata Prefecture on the Japan Sea coast, Suga says it's regrettable that the operator caused a serious, inappropriate incident undermining the trust of host communities. Here's TEPCO to sincerely respond to inspections by the Nuclear Regulation, Regulation Authority and take drastic measures to improve its management. The uh, regulator, chief regulator called the incident truly grave. I just wanted that moment for it to sink in. He said the agency will look into whether the background of the incident was unique to TEPCO and how top management handled the incident. He added the matter is related to TEPCO's culture and attitude not going to see Carmen this week, and urged the firm to launch its own probe. Well, that'll be useful. The president of TEPCO said the company caused a serious accident at uh, Fouk, of course. He said it's extremely regrettable that the incident happened when TEPCO was working to reform itself to avoid causing such incidents ever again. The uh, regulator found the plant's sensor equipment was broken for months, and that employees in charge of security took no action, despite knowing that alternative measures taken by the firm were ineffective. Hey, why don't you all take the rest of the week off? A district court ruling that, de- that ordered the suspension of a- another nuclear power plant in Japan, the Takai No. 2, after uh, also blasted local governments for failing to compile realistic evacuation plans for residents in the event of an accident. Plant is only one operated by uh, Japan Atomic Power, a cash-strapped company. District Court sided with plaintiffs who demanded an injunction, argued the lack of evacuation plans is totally unacceptable. Putting together such plans is complicated because 14 municipal governments have some form of jurisdiction over an area within a 19-mile radius of the plant. according to Asahi. These uh, municipalities have a combined pop- population of almost a million who'd have to be evacuated should an accident occur at Takai Number 2. Only five of the municipalities have so far assembled an evacuation plan. Even those had failed to construct a system that could actually be in- implemented, according to the court. They don't have an adequate plan for transporting residents evacuating. Buses? They'd need a lot of buses. Private cars? No way, Jose. Deadline Washington, new generation of so-called advanced nuclear power reactors Washington believes could help fight climate change, often present greater proliferation risks than standard nuclear power. Reuters reports that from a science advisory group this week. The reactors, these advanced nuclear reactors are popular with many Republicans. Let's not politicize this case, shall we? Last month, Last October, the month before Biden was elected, the Department of Energy awarded an $80 million contract to two companies to build reactors operational in seven years. I'll wait. Unlike conventional reactors that are cooled with water, advanced reactors are cooled with other materials like molten salt. Not Morton. Molten. When it rains, it just rains. And are generally far smaller, these new reactors. Backers say they're safer and some can use nuclear waste as a fuel. There's a permanent solution. The technologies are certainly different from current reactors. Not at all clear if they're better, said the director of nuclear power safety at the Union of Concerned Scientists. In many cases, they're worse with regard to safety and the potential for severe accidents and potential nuclear proliferation. He's the author of a Union of Concerned Scientists report called Advanced Isn't Always Better. Don't you know. Southern California Edison the operator of the now shuttered San Onofre nuclear power plant. Yes, there's a lot of this news this week has released plans to try to find a way to move the 3.6 million pounds of nuclear waste from the plant. Uh, the upshot of their report, there are no easy answers. (laughs) Yeah. Three volumes to come to that conclusion. The first volume was, is there an easy answer? Um, That's meaningful progress, according to them, will require pushing the federal government to act, which will take time, because it's the feds who have to find a permanent repository, and they can't or won't. But it's easy. And finally, the, uh, oh, no, we have the Takai number two. That's a repetitive story. So that would be that would be just about it. All the good news in the nuke world this week. Clean, cheap, safe. Too clean to meter. It is our friend, the atom.
2: Call it what you will. A rose by any other name. I don't want to play that game. Call it what you will. crime Never quite revealing things A talent for not feeling things Never you mind some other time Wine is gonna spill Places like to come undone out of blame someone call it what you will
0: The Entrepod, the podcast for wannabe entrepreneurs, and people who want to be one. It's brought to you by friends at quiffle.com. Their new book, Seven Articles of Clothing Successful People Always Wear, is out now. And they wanted me to let you know that. And uh, it's my pleasure because they pay for this show. So with me in my parents' living room, where I've been um, living all during the pandemic, is a person behind what he describes as the next level of personal fitness, which I'm thinking, well, you know, what I, whatever level of that I'm at, i got to get to the next one or my mom's going to kick me out of here. He's Marcus Prime, and he's the brains behind something called Napaton. Marcus, great to be ready to talk to you. Well, thanks, uh, Adam. This is... My first podcast interview. I oh, think Joe had take it from me. So, uh, Marcus, it's yeah. a, a kind of a catchy or a goofy name, Napaton. Is, uh, is there an idea behind it, or is it just cool? <laughs> well, the idea behind the name is uh, the idea behind the company. Wow. That worked out lucky. I was watching my dog Erasmus one day when he was sleeping, and at one point he started making uh, you know jerky notions with his paws and his head. Mm-hmm. And he kept it up for a good few minutes. Wow. Almost like he was dreaming? Almost exactly like it. No, he was dreaming. (laughs) Um, But his muscles were moving, right? What do we call it when we move our muscles? Movement? Exercise. And uh, during this pandemic year, when the gyms have been closed and even the beaches sometimes, people are going crazy putting big, bulky, ugly machines in their homes to try to stay... Some kind of fit. Oh, hmm? I've been binging on old uh, Chip's episodes. Uh-huh. But yeah, my dad has some big machine in the den that yells at him through headphones while he rides it. <laughs> and uh, they're great. Don't get me wrong. Okay, get me wrong for a minute, but but uh-huh. stay with me. So yeah, exercise is great, but it's like work or dieting. You need willpower to do it. Mm. And it's crazy because if you had willpower... You wouldn't need a machine. You'd find some way to exercise without it, right? I guess I follow. Sure you do, Chief. Huh. So, back to my uh, best bud, Erasmus. He doesn't need willpower to move his muscles. He's doing it in his sleep while he's dreaming. Like for free, right? And we dream, too. But we got all this mind stuff going on, wasting our dreaming time just lying there. <laughs> what What if we had an exercise machine you could hold it in the palm of your hand. They could get you dreaming that you're running, jumping, climbing, uh-huh. Uh-huh. beating your best record every time you lie down. <laughs> and like old Erasmus, you'd actually be switching on and off your muscles as if you're actually doing it. All the fitness, none of the work. So, like I'm guessing, you have a machine like that, right? Well, you're reading the promotional slides. But yeah, you're right. That's the uh, Napaton. It's like a Peloton. You're hearing trainers while you sleep, and they're breaking through the old repetitive dream stuff to get you dreaming that you're moving, and your muscles respond. Ah, and what about when you wake up? What about it? Well, do, you, do you wake up tired from all that exercise? You wake up feeling great like you've had the perfect workout. And you know what? You have. And what if you drop the unit while you're sleeping, you know, you're you're holding in your hand? That's and- just how small it is. Mm-hmm. We recommend putting it on a table near your bed. It's all wireless and everything. Okay, here's one. Mm-hmm. When you go to bed with the Napaton, mm-hmm. should you wear pajamas or running shorts? Adam two things. That's totally up to the customer. And in the future we might well come out with Napaton sleepwear. And three, you're not really running. Like Erasmus, you're having miniature muscular movements that emulate the real thing. So like one of our potential slogans says, no sweat. Wow. So uh, finally, because my mom is waving the Swiffer, Mm -hmm. how far along are you on your business path? Are you you going to uh, be on Shark Tank or anything? We've um, been approaching some... Archangel Investors. Elon Musk. Uh, he has told us he'll schedule a meeting just as soon as he irons out the truck thing. So we're uh, quietly excited. <laughs> well, Marcus Prime, I'm excited that y- you're excited. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. And now, because uh, time's up and stuff, this is uh, Adam Buckle saying peace out from my folks' house. Well, there's been a little ble- breach and a hack. The uh, security startup Verkada. It sells cameras and software the customers can use to watch live video from anywhere across the web. With a single breach, these scenes and glimpses from more than 149,000 security cameras have been suddenly revealed to hackers who used high-level login credentials to access and plunder Verkada's vast camera network. Isn't that cute? A uh, uh, hacker shared many of the materials, or at least some of them, with the Washington Post to spotlight the security threat of widespread surveillance technologies that subject the public to near constant watch. Don't you dig being watched? I do, but I'm in show business. The cache includes real-world images and videos, as well as the company's voluminous client list. That names more than 24,000 organizations across a vast cross-section of American life. Schools, your schools, your offices, your gyms, your banks, your health clinics, and your county jails. The breach, first reported by Bloomberg News, I wonder if Michael had anything, highlighted a central vulnerability undermining the modern web. As more companies race to amass vast stores of sensitive data, they're also becoming more fruitful targets for attack and making it that much easier for thousands of unaware people to be suddenly exposed. It's a fun world we live in. It's a smart world. It also revealed a sweeping change in the way America now watches itself through the increasingly ubiquitous eyes of cheap, Internet-connected cameras that capture our lives in ways many people may not realize. Each one of them, and etch them, onto a web that never for- well. Uh, Webb forgets. You'd be you'd be surprised. This breach should be a wake-up call to the dangers of self-surveillance, says Andrew Ferguson, a law professor at American University, Washington College of Law. Tom, College of Law. That's the college. We're building networks of surveillance we cannot escape from without really thinking about the consequences. Our desire for some fake sense of security is its own security threat, says Dr. Ferguson. A Verketa spokesperson said its system is now secure, and the company has blocked unauthorized access by disabling all internal administrator accounts. The company has advertised that its camera networks are, quote, secure from the ground up. So something's wrong underground, apparently. The company has uh, notified law enforcement, its internal security team, and a third-party security firm are now investigating the scale and the scope of the breach. Tilly Kaufman, a Switzerland based member of the hacktivist collective Advanced Persistent Threat 69420, said the loosely organized team of fewer than 10 people, why well, the name is bigger, stumbled onto login details for a Vicada super admin account that had been publicly exposed on the web. The team was stunned by how much real time video they could watch once inside the uh, system. They gained access on Monday, were able to watch real-time footage, and the full collection of customers saved videos. The company was alerted by Bloomberg and closed the breach the following day. founded in, in 2016 sells everything a school, workplace, or company would need to start monitoring their real-world space. Indoor and outdoor cameras, door access controls, sensors for temper- temperature motion A noise. Why, just like what you have in your house with the thing. The thing doorbell. The Silicon Valley Company's hardware connects to the internet via Vercata's own cloud service, allowing customers to not just work and watch and store the real time video from anywhere, but also to use the company's artificial intelligence features to track people as they move around the real world. That's to thanks to its people analytics software. Customers can automatically search for a person across the building or campus by the look of their face, the color of their clothes, whether they're wearing a backpack or their apparent sex. Why don't they ask that on the forms? What's your apparent sex? Then track that person's movement from room to room. Vercada and its competitors advertise that their centralized surveillance devices can supercharge public security and keep people safe by detecting dangers or deterring crime before it can even occur. This business of video analytics systems is growing rapidly. Companies such as Avigilon have sold camera software with features for unusual motion detection. I got an unusual motion for you right here. And appearance search to a number of businesses and public organizations across the United States, including school districts marred and scarred by mass shootings the opportunity to be the operating system for all the buildings in the world said uh, the founder of an investor in Verkada. sounds like that market couldn't be better but the Verkada customer list provided the washington post also shows how staggering a single breach can be Also on the list, churches, volunteer fire departments, hotels, sports bars, rehabilitation centers, and children's foster care homes, as well as major tech companies such as Cloudflare. You know what? It is a smart, smart world. At least in, in my humble opinion. And now, the Apologies of the Week. So sorry. Dateline Toledo, Ohio, Toledo's Directions Credit Union, has issued an apology to its customers after its digital banking options malfunctioned and its database was corrupted. Good night, everybody. In a statement, President and CEO Barry Shayner said some members of the credit union may have been able to see other members' information. The bank is assuring members that no fraudulent transactions have occurred and no social security numbers were visible during the glitch. After the glitch, no. It is unclear how many members were affected. The issue is ongoing late this week. Automatic deposits, account payments, and scheduled bill payments are still being processed, according to the statement. The disruption in the system may be possibly have been a part of a global outage from Microsoft Azure, which is used by other banks for security. That's a good choice. Hey, you know YouTuber David Dobrik? Me neither. But he told his fans this week, I'm sorry if I let you down in a new video addressing accusations that a member of his vlog squad drugged and raped an extra while shooting a video in 2018. Hey, leave that to the pros. The anonymous accuser and report from Business Insider Said Vlog squ- Squad member Dominikas Zeglaidis, who goes by Dirty Dom, got her drunk, the accuser said, when she was 20 years old and sexually assaulted her before, uh, after she came to the group's home to film the 28 vi- uh, 2018 video. The Vlog Squad is a group of Dobrik's close friends who create content on YouTube together. Dobrik's main YouTube account has 18 million subscri- uh, followers. Hard to believe, isn't it? In his uh, response video, posted on video this week, he said, "Quote: Consent is something that's super, super important to me. Whether I'm shooting with a friend or shooting with a stranger, I always make sure that whatever the video I'm putting out, I have the approval of that person." But in the Business Insider story, the accuser, Hannah, and a friend, referred to by pseudonyms, no charges have been filed. She hasn't contacted the police. Kobrick said he chose to distance himself from other former associates who are no longer part of the group. shoots. It's because he doesn't align with some of the actions, and I don't stand for any kind of misconduct, and I've been really disappointed in some of my friends, and from that reason, I've separated from a lot of them. He also addressed claims made by a former Vlog Squad member who said he was tricked into kissing another male YouTuber, in a video he said he was under the pretense that he was being blindfolded to kiss a female member of the vlog squad that's a guy named Seth with the Seth situation says Dobrik I'm sorry to Seth because like I said I just want to make videos where everybody in it, whether you're participating or watching is enjoying and having a good time and I missed the mark with that one and I'm really sorry I truly truly am Humor by, humor by an, amateurs, ladies and gentlemen. Chicago, Loretto Hospital doctors inspected the city's very first, injected the city's very first dose of the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. Now the Westside Hospital is apologizing for the second time this week for giving people the shots out of turn. Hospital staff confirmed some Cook County judges and their spouses received the shot, despite not yet being able. No judges were officially invited or prioritized by the hospital, said a spokesperson. Any vaccination that did take place were indicative of an existing level of confusion among medical teams at Loretto and other facilities regarding the nuances and differences between the cities and states' eligibility requirements as they applied to elected officials. In other words, loophole! I'm very disappointed the judges came to the Austin area where they're not living and they don't reside, said a uh, state representative. We obviously want to make sure people are being vaccinated when it's their turn, said the Chicago Health Department. A spokesperson for a chief judge, Timothy Evans, issued a statement saying, in part, judges who have received the shot were informed that the vaccines were already mixed and would be destroyed if not used by the end of the day. So they got the shots after 3.30 p.m., supply permitting second reported vaccine priority failure at the hospital, after Loretto admitted to recently vaccinating 72 Chicago Trump Tower employees at a private event. They know it was a mistake, said the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. I've asked them to dig deeper, to make sure that in the quota phase, phrase, I don't think she means that, to trust but verify. Sounds like Chicago. I'm not on the air in Chicago. I can say that. I don't know. The entire faculty of Harvard's government department. I knew a little something about that once. That's why I left. No, seriously. Um, The entire faculty issued a public apology a few days ago to the women who were harassed by former government professor Jorge Dominguez. He rose in departmental in Harvard University leadership, despite accusations of sexual misconduct, spanning, oh, four decades. That's a while. Even even in Harvard terms, that's a while. In February, an external committee tasked with reviewing sexual harassment, harassment at Harvard found that pronounced power disparities and inadequate reporting mechanisms resulted in insufficient actions, against Dominguez, even as his misconduct was, quote, common knowledge, unquote, throughout the government department. That's not the kind of knowledge Harvard sells. Common knowledge, you can get that anywhere. In the apology, the full faculty of the department expressed their sorrow and shame at the sexual harassment the women faced and apologized that the department, along with the university, did not respond with the effective measures to which the women were entitled. The department also failed to raise objections when the university promoted him to positions of power and public status. For all this, we apologize unreservedly. Furthermore, the faculty wrote that the department did not provide the women with an environment in which they felt sufficiently confident to share their experiences and committed the department to further progress in improving its climate. Hey, that's climate change we all can believe in. Now, here's a title. I've never encountered before, even having been around Cambridge. Charma Sharman, Sherman, a former government concentrator to whom the letter from the faculty was addressed, wrote in a statement, she was touched by the unprecedented apology. This is an apology that's transformational because it came from them and was unanimous, unequivocal, and unconditional, wrote the former government concentrator. I want you to be a concentrator and focus very carefully on your loudspeaker. An Asian-American media company apologized after receiving backlash from posting a yellow square to show support for the Asian community in the wake of the Atlanta shootings. American mass media and talent talent management company 88 Rising added their voices to the mix with a controversial post on their Instagram depicting a neon yellow square. Enough is enough, heartbroken with the disgusting and senseless violence in Georgia tonight, said the caption, violence against the Asian community has to stop. Let's protect each other and stand against hate. The post backfired as some compared the post to when posts of blackout Tuesday, black squares, pervaded the social media platform amid Black Lives Matter protests, but instead with the color yellow, which has been stereotypically used to represent Asian skin tones. Following the backlash, 88 Rising amended The caption, addressing the criticism, later deleting the post and issuing an apology in its stead. Thank you to our community for sharing your comments and critiques with us, the music label wrote in the post. It was never our intention to cause harm, but we recognize the effects of our actions and apologize. We are not trying to start a yellow square movement. We are heartbroken and wanted to share our thoughts on the horrific violence. It's a record company. What do you want? NCAA basketball administrators apologized to the women's basketball players and coaches after inequities between the men's and women's tournament went viral on social media. They vowed to do better. Those vows to do worse don't work. NCAA senior vice president of basketball, Dan Gavitt, vowed to do better during a Zoom call end of the week, a day after photos showed the differences between the weight rooms of the two tournaments. I apologize to the women's student athletes, coaches, and committee for dropping the ball on the weight room issue in San Antonio. We'll get it. Fi- we'll get it fixed. He didn't say we'll get her fixed. We'll get her fixed as soon as possible. During the call, other differences were raised. There are 68 teams in the men's field, 64 in the women's. The NCAA pays for the men's national invitation tournament, but not the women's in IT. There would be decisions made in conjunction with membership, Gavitt said. Those are not decisions we could make independently. They're good questions. It's timely to raise those issues again. The NCAA has modified space in the convention center to turn it into a usable workout facility for women. That work should have been completed yesterday. We fell short this year in what we've been doing to prepare for the last 60 days for 64 teams to be in San Antonio. We acknowledge that, said uh, NCAA Senior Vice President of Women's Basketball. Lynn Holtzman, she's a former college basketball player herself. Any relation to Red? No indication here. Last night, we did have a call with our coaches and our team administrators in a way to solicit feedback and their experiences thus far, she said. And finally, the head of a Japanese banking lobby group, not the lobby in the bank, you know, lobbying the government, apologized this week for a recent series of system failures that the third-largest lender in Japan... Mizuho Financial. As the representative of the industry, I would like to apologize to customers over the repeated system glitches in Mizuho Bank, said the chairman of the Japanese Bankers Association at a briefing. Kanesugu Mike, he is also chief executive of the main banking arm of the Mitsubishi Financial Group. His comment came after Mizuho suffered four system failures since late February. On Wednesday, the bank said it would set up a third-party committee to investigate the issue. That'll do her. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm here to confirm. It is a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. It returns with me in it next week at the same time over these same radio stations and on your audio device of choice whenever you want it. And it'd be just like not having your secret information all over the web. If you'd agree to join me then, would you already? Thank you very much. Uh huh. tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego and Hawaii desks. And thanks to Pam Halstead and uh, Thomas Walsh here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts for a price, and the playlist for the music on the show, all at harryshear.com, And I'm on Twitter at The Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress of Productions and Originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station for the Change is easy radio network. I'm Harry Shearer in New Orleans. Thanking you for listening. And we'll see you I won't see you. I hope you'll be listening the very next time I come calling.